Hey everybody, it's J.R. Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast, and in this episode, it's not random. This is something that I'm wanting to talk to you about, want to tell everyone, and just to, just to give some insight and stuff. I'm reading this book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, Mastering Your Mind and Divide the Odds. It's a pretty good book. I'm in the very first. I just finished chapter one, and in chapter one, it says one of the lesson plans is to spill your guts about your life story. Well, my life story is simple. It's like everybody else's. Excuse me. Like everybody else's. Um, I was raised by a military family. My dad was a United States soldier. He was a Vietnam veteran, and my dad was was me. He was an ass. He was an asshole. He was the worst. He was really brutal. Didn't know when it came to love. All he knew how to do was discipline because my dad was structured that way. He was a soldier. And that's how he did things. He um, didn't know the point of caring. I pay bills. I put food on the table, I give you basic clothes, I feed you, I clothe you. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's my dad. Seriously. I love my dad, don't get me wrong. I love my mom, don't get me wrong. My parents were the type of parents I would say they did the best they could. My dad, you know, just had better things and better vices in his life. Like my dad wanted my mom to lose weight. My mom was like, hey, love me the way I am. And so my dad was like, no, why don't you get an education? Well, you married me this way, this is the way I am. So accept me the way I am. My dad didn't like that. So my dad decided to commit bigamous. He had another wife, got married, and that's what he did. Yeah. And my mom and dad got divorced. So I had to go live. I had to move from the military housing into a city. And when I moved into a city, I moved into an area where I had to go live with my, I had to go stay with my grandparents, my mother's father and mother and they put us up in this apartment it was above a barber shop it was roach infested apartment I've never seen roaches until I moved into the city and my mom had to get on welfare we had to get food stamps Growing up, I remember many times we had to go, when the list came out, people in the neighborhood would tell us the list. We would have to go stand in front of a big, huge semi-truck. And we had to stand in line for butter, cheese, and powdered milk. The butter looked like uh, fluorescent yellow. The cheese was hard as a brick. The milk was government 
milk. It had um, a lot of vitamin D, I guess. And we had to go to the store. Then my mom would get her food stamps. They would come in the mail. That's my mom had to get. They, at that time, we had coupons. In this modern era, they changed it to the EBT card. It's called Electronic Benefits Transfer. I'm not sure if that was EB, what it means, but it went from that to that. And that was something of an eye-opener. We were going to the store, couldn't buy what we want to buy. And my mom, as, as, as wonderful as she is, she did the best she could with three boys. She did. My brother didn't like the idea of not doing without, not having nice clothes, fancy things. So he took a life of hard criminal. My older brother, from my mother's previous marriage, um, he wasn't that bright, but but smart, street smart, but wasn't bright enough. And he learned what he could, you know, did what he could, and tried what he could to survive. And he became the product of the street. You know, didn't know how to say no comes to drugs and alcohol. My little brother was nothing but a common thief. I still love him. He's my brother. And me, on the other hand, I was just trying to survive life. You know, um, I had my dad's mother, which is my granny. She was really nice. Wonderful lady. But very strict go to her house, can't touch this, can't touch that, don't touch this, sit here, don't sit there. That was how that was. Let's go back. My dad was in the military, I can remember going up on a military base. One time, this is just one time, I was going to church, because every Sunday we had to go to church, because my dad said, can't be in the house, you had to go to church. You know, growing up, you had to go to church. Didn't matter what church it was, whatever school, whatever bus was picking us up, we go. And at that time, churches, how they lured kids in was, we give you candy, we'll give you cake and ice cream, sugar us up, and then teach us about the Bible. Teach us everything we need to learn about what God, you know, all that stuff, you know, for those who choose to believe in the spiritual things. Me, on the other hand, I was... I was slow, very slow, because I could, my, my handwriting was atrocious, still is today, but I can write. I, I, I still write manuscript and cursive. I still write manuscript and cursive all in the same sentence, but I'm still good. Yeah, I did that. and. I went to school, I loved school, great, but I just couldn't grasp the art of math. Math was terrible for me, really, it was. And life was hard for me, you know, those were hard times, but they were molding times. 
dating, huh, never happened in school. So I was too much of a nerd, as they say. I was a brainiac. I loved learning about new things. Things that other people would take for granted, I wanted to know about. Knowledge was the key. My dad always said, educate yourself. You want to be smart, you got to be smarter than the next person. So I, I, I studied and I read books, I read novels, things that people would be like, why would you read that book? Weathering Heights by Emily Bronte. Um, the Car by Stephen King. Christine by Stephen King. You know, Ray Bradbury. Something Wicked This Way Come. Books like that. I read, you know, just, I was fascinated because when I read a book, I'm putting myself in this world of a knowledge of where I want to be. I put myself in this realm of this is what I'm doing in life. So I did that. And then... When I was in school, I ended up going, I ended up, while I was in school, I got out of school, I decided I wanted to get away from the city because my dad was in the military, so we traveled a lot. So I always didn't like staying in one place or another. So what I did was I ended up going to Job Corps. My first Job Corps I went to was, I went to Utah. I went to Utah. Um, Clearfield. Yeah, I went to Clearfield Job Corps Center in Utah, Davis County. That's where I experienced the, the religion of Mormonism. Because one of the residential advisors, we call them RAs, that's what it means. Residential advisors, RA. They, and the Job Corps was ran by MTC, Minec. Training Corporation, which is they run, I think they run almost all the job course centers, or most of them at the time. I don't know what they do now. It used to be ran by the Singer Corporation, but then a bunch of employees, I guess, decided they could run it better, more efficient, more cheaper. Job was good. It taught me a lot of things. I learned a lot of new skills. I learned a lot about cooking and stuff while I was in Job Corps. I learned about sales and marketing. I was, because I always was fascinated about sales. My very first job, I was a salesman. You know, when I came back out of Job Corps, you know, when I came out of Job Corps, I was sales. So my first job, I was a salesman. I was doing door-to-door sales, direct sales. I worked for a company called, I worked for a company called, I worked for this one company called um, Titan Green. I sold a product called Titan Green. Multi-purpose biodegradable cleaning product, door-to-door, $20 a bottle. And they told us, this is how you sell. It's called KISS. Keep it simple and stupid. Basically, what you do is never let them say no. You always want someone to sell. So I sold that door-to-door. Lived in motels. Was the worst thing, was was the worst time in my life, but it was the best time in my life because I met different people. We traveled throughout the state of California. I love California, it's beautiful. I was up in the Bay Area. That's where I was when I sold the cleaning products. And then from there, I end up doing some, I end up one day, I just got fed up one day. I, 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 I sold a bunch of cleaning products one day 
And then I got enough money from selling the cleaning products and I hopped on a Greyhound bus. And I left. Yeah, and I left. Well, how I got, how I got recruited was the guy who owned the company, who, called, who owned the company, came to Kansas City where I lived. And he gave, he came on the radio station and said, I'm, I am hiring young people who just want to make, who just want to make some good money. And if you want to make good money, come, come down to the hotel. So I went to the hotel. The guy saw me. He interviewed me. He told me, I'll fly you out today. I'll fly you out today. Right now. I said, deal. I got on a plane, packed me some clothes, got on a plane, and I flew straight to California. And they trained me. And when they trained me, they taught me everything about sales and stuff. You know, I seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of sales. I had a trainer, he was a coke addict. I had another trainer who was, uh, who was a dope. One was a coke addict, one was a needle addict. That's a better way of saying it, he did needles. And then another, you know, then I had a really good trainer who taught me all about sales. He was really good. He was hands-on, he was personal, he was nice. He gave me the best training I ever got. But the rest of them, eh, they weren't too much. But it taught me a lot, valuable lesson. I learned a lot about people. I was a people person because I loved to talk. And that's the good thing. My grandmother, my mother's mother always told me I had to get the gab. So that was a cool thing. I loved to talk, could never shut up. So that's a good thing. Then from there, I end up, I end up from there, I came back. I ended up going to Job Corps again. This time I went to Earl C. Clements Job Corps Center. And Earl C. Clements Job Corps Center was in Morganfield, Kentucky. And that Job Corps Center was an old military base. It was where they had the court martial of Jackie Robson. There was a marker there and stuff in Davis County. That's where I got my driver's license and stuff. And I, they taught me how to drive. And I took up, when I was there, I took up HBC. I took up... I took up there, I took up, that's where I took up, you know, HBC, you know, Home Builders Association and stuff. It's one of the two. It's either Clearfield or Earl C. Clements. I took up HBC, you know, HBA, Home Builders Association. I got, I got, so I learned how to be jack of all trades, learn how to build stuff with my hands. Because, hey, as a man, you gotta learn how to build. So that's what I did. The next thing I did, when I did all that, I end up coming back home. I got a job. You know, Job Corps pays you a little bit of money, stipend. But when I was in Kentucky, my roommate, my roommate and his twin brother were running a racketeering. What I mean by racketeering, they were running kind of a, a monopoly. Like they were doing this like a loan sharking. Borrow a dollar, pay back two dollars, that kind of stuff. So they would say, I had a slice of pizza, and that pizza would cost, a slice of pizza was five dollars. If you miss lunch, if you miss dinner on a Saturday or a Sunday, you pay that two dollars, you pay that five dollars for that slice of pizza. And a can of Coke was a um, dollar. You pay that, and you, you also establish credit. And then when you get your money, Every two, you get your money every two weeks from job corps. The little money you get for your personals and stuff, you had to take that and you had to pay that to the deal. But because he was my roommate, I would store stuff in my locker. 
for him and everything and things like that. That's just part. I mean, I'm skimming over some things because there's a lot of other stuff I just don't talk about because yeah, it ain't that important. But these are the bigger issues that I focus on. Then from there, I came back. After that, I came back home to Kansas City. I got a good job. I worked at Savoy. I worked at Savoy Grill. When I was young, I had a lot of jobs. When I was young, I had a lot of good jobs. A lot of good jobs. And a lot of the good jobs I had were jobs that, you know, hey, you got to work. You know, you did what you got to do to hustle. That was back in the days when you can just go down to the employment office, look on the board, take it off, and, and, and go and go to the job and apply. I mean, I remember I worked at a fa- I worked at a job where I worked for the airport. I worked at a job where I did some odds and ends. I remember I worked at a job where I did Howard Johnson. You know, where I cleaned the motels. We got paid by the room. That kind of stuff. You know, you know, you do what you got to do to put put food on your table um, you do what you got to do is call hustling you know you got to stay on that grind that's what I did did it mold me yes did it make me a better person yeah. you know and it just it it focused on life and it you know created this human chain of chaos. I've always had this rule of thumb that you just have to work. You always gotta have a job. That was my thing. I always had to have a job. Didn't matter what it was, I didn't care how much it was. Then I end up, there I end up, I I called a recruiter one day. I remember I called this recruiter one day. That was in the early 90s, I called this recruiter. I called this Navy recruiter because I said I wanted to join the United States Navy. And this Navy recruiter came over to my mom's house. And when he came over, he had a big gulp in his hand and he had a hoagie sandwich and he was big old gut, out of shape. And he says, I can put you in the Navy. And when I looked at him, I was like, wow. Oh, but let me go back a little further. When I was in school, I took up ROTC. So that was pretty good for me. You know, I took up ROTC. And ROTC was really good for me. And because I learned discipline and stuff and structure. Because I was going to join the Army. Because my dad was a soldier and I wanted to follow in the legacy. Become a, become a history. Be like my dad. Be a soldier and be something great. And, and model myself after him. I told my dad, hey. I said, hey Pops. I'm thinking about joining this. I'm talking about. I'm thinking about joining the army. What do you think? My dad told me literally to my face. He said, "Don't you ever fucking join the United States Army." Excuse my language, but he said, "Don't fucking join the army. Join any other branch but the fucking army. I don't care. Do whatever you gotta do. Pick another branch." So that's why I was looking at the Navy. I really don't know. I really don't. I really didn't care too much about swimming, but it's just the idea that I just wanted to do something different. And then one day I end up. I end up, I end up watching TV, and I saw this commercial, and it and it and it had this commercial said, um, it said, "Do you want to be a part?" And the commercial was a commercial was talking about legacy, history, band of brothers, a fraternity. It was always talking about a fraternity 
that's everlasting. He said a fraternity that's in infinity. He says, when you become part of this fraternity, you will you will always be a part of this fraternity. And then I signed up and I literally signed up. And it was I signed up, took the ASVAB, I scored, I scored enough to get into the United States Marine Corps. And when I asked him, when the recruiter asked me what job did I want to do, I told him, hey, I just want to cook. I just want to cook. So I was a cook. They laughed and said, why don't you take up infantry or why don't you be security forces or why don't you do this? I said, no, I just want to cook. The reason why, because I loved, I had this rule, I, if I'm going to pick something, pick something that I love doing and I love cooking. So I chose that. And when I did that, I got in. I went to I went to Marine Corps Recruit Training Depot, San Diego, California. And I did it on July 4th. That's when I got into the Marine Corps. I stepped on them hollow grounds. And I had my yellow footprints and that's when I got a rude awakening. And at the time, I was 25 years old when I went into the Marine Corps. And I went in, went to boot camp, graduated Marine Corps training. The day that I was graduating, the day that I got through climbing Mount Motherfucker, I climbed that hill, came down that hill, stood there, and my drill instructor literally handed me that Eagle Globe and Anchor. And he said, you are now a United States Marine. I cried like a little baby. How they say it, cried like a bitch? Yes, I cried. Because now I am part of something that I was missing. I have something that I can say. So when I die, I'm a United States Marine. I'm not just some Joe Schmo off the street. And then my first duty base, I was overseas in Japan, Okinawa. I went to Camp Swab. And from Camp Swab, I did that over there for a year and some months. I went to Korea. I've been to some other places. Then I end up going to, I end up going to California, to my stateside duty base, which was 29 Palms, Marine Air Ground Combat Center, 29 Palms. While I was there, I was cooking at a unit, 3rd LAR, 3rd Light Armor Infantry. That's where I was at. That's where I stayed at. And that's where I met my, my ex-wife. Yes, I met her. Me and her were really good friends. We partied, we drunk together. Really good friends and stuff. And that's what happened. While I was there, I just, you know, just did it. You know, that was, all right, yeah, yeah, that was the beginning and the end of the downfall of my spiral life from that point, because while I was married, I she had two kids, great kids, I still call them my kids because they are, no matter what, they're stepkids, they're mine, I love them, I had one son, and that's it. I wanted more, but you know, she had to get her tubes tied because she, you know, surgery complications and stuff. So that was it. Then I turned around, stayed together for like two years. We did. We stayed married for like two years. Then got divorced. 
Stayed married two years. Got divorced in five years because she separated. Because she wanted more than what I can give her. We, you know, just, you know, great, good woman. But just really just, it was just torment. Torturous for me and everything. But that's how life was. Um, she moved, uh, she moved to, I had my son with me. We lived in, we went back to Missouri. I had my son with me. Because I, I went to, I went to Washington State where she was living with her family. We stayed with her family in Washington State. And then, because we were in Kansas City, we lived together there. We were still married and stuff. And then when we got to Washington State, you know, she separated and stuff. And then she got her, she had her life, you know, had a boyfriend and whatever. And, and I just saw my son when I could. And while I was there in Washington State, I became homeless because I lost my job. That was due to Boeing laying off tons of people. And I worked at this factory and they laid off everybody. So I had to live in, I had to sleep in my car. I, I was homeless, I slept in my car. And then I had to go to a temp service just to find work. Learning how to survive was a eye opener, but it woke me up taught me survival skill because I was military so I knew how to survive you know I can eat you know just little things but I learned how to survive I met different people who taught me things how to hustle how to survive how to panhandle yep you know things like that and then one day my car got my car got repoed because I parked it somewhere in a nope and, and it wouldn't start and they told me if I didn't move it within a day or two it was going to get towed and it got towed I was getting it fixed and I had the money I just had to go to work to get the money you know and then I was sleeping I was sleeping on the street once I slept on the street stuff like that you know, people always say, well, I slept in my car. No, I slept on the streets. You know, I was going to I was going to churches and stuff, soup kitchens and things like that, just to survive and stuff. And they really helped me out, you know. And besides, I was a Mormon too, so I, you know, I knew, I knew places that I could go and places that would be great and things, you know, yeah, so I, you know, I, I knew places that I could go to, so I did, and then I would go back to my little cubby hole, and I would sleep, people would say, you know, why, you know, then one day, I just called my mom and said, can I come home, she said, sure, she said, oh, by the way, you have a check here, I told her, um, cash it. I told her, just cash, just send me, send me a bus ticket. She sent me a bus ticket. I caught the bus and went back home to Missouri. While I was home in Missouri, I got a job. I started working, working for minimum wage. I was hustling. I was on my grind. And then, you know, I had. My, then I brought my son there, and we were grinding. I brought my son there. I went and got my son, brought him there. We both. 
we went there and we stayed there for a couple couple we stayed there for about a year his mother she was missing her baby because he was the youngest she came down she said i want to have my son come up there i promise i will you can see him whenever you want well she lied but that was just her you know you know and then she turned around and for years i never saw him and then one day and you go a little further up a little more to the present and one day i was on social media which was looking around and i looked and i saw that he had a facebook page so i messaged him and told him hey i'm your dad he messaged me we called we talked and stuff and he came down to Kansas City to see me. I was staying at my grandma, I was staying at my dad's mom's. He saw me, we talked, we had a good time. We had, we had a good conversation and everything. And everything. So, and then he went back home. And then one day he called me and said, why don't you come and live out in California? So I turned around and said, yes. I said, yes, we'll do that. You know, you know, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, so I did that. So I came out to California. So I got up, I stayed at his, stayed at my son's family's place, you know, for a little bit, then I got a job. And I'm out here in California. And it's a long road, but I'm about to change things because I'm about to make a new change. Beginnings and new ventures. I'm going to fix some things. I'm going to struggle some things and everything. But in all of that, I will say one thing. I never talk bad about her. People always say, you know, do you talk bad about your ex? It's like, no, I don't. Why? Because she's a really good person. She's a wonderful person. Once you know her, you know her, she's wonderful, she's great, good personality, you love her, it's love-hate, but you love her. I love her, she's wonderful, good heart, beautiful, but me, I have to work on myself, and that's the thing I gotta do, so I'm going to work on me. I just want to tell you this, because in this book, you tell you gotta pour your heart out, tell the story. I didn't want to write it, because my handwriting is nasty. So I just thought I'd put it out on, put it out on my podcast, and, and that's it, you know. And that's just the realness of me. That's J.R. Bell, the real J.R. Bell. No scripts, no fakeness, everything. Yeah, because I remember many nights. I remember when I was in Washington State, I, I used to deliver phone books for a hustle to make money, you know, running around, dropping phone books off. Do a route and get like $5. You know, that's what I did. Get a route, get $5. Do another route, get get $10. Bigger routes, get $20 or $30. You know, so you gotta do the math. Stack your money. So that's what I did. I did that stuff. And all I'm saying is that my life is not, my life is not perfect, but it's mine. I own it. I own all my mistakes, I own all my flaws, I own everything that I did wrong. I, I admit to all the things I did wrong, I admit to all my flaws, all my mistakes, everything that I ever did. 
and I'm a Republican. Yes, I'm a proud Republican and I'm a spiritual person. I'm not saying I'm a Christian, I'm a spiritual person because I do believe in the Bible, but I also believe in the Creator. I believe in what the earth and the spirits, and I believe in reincarnation. I believe in ghosts. I just believe in things that everyone else can should not believe in. But I tell you what, that's just me. And I want to say to everyone else out there, it could be you. So this is J.R. Bell with I Got Your Six podcast, and, and I'm signing off. All right, I'll talk to y'all later.